Hi, my name is Mattia Murray, and welcome to The Longer Road. You are on The Longer Road if you have multiple intersectional identities that are often marginalized. You've had to work harder to get to the starting line, and you might feel behind. I'm here to provide hope, support, and practical tips, and to let you know that you're not alone. Welcome to my guest today, Jen Sway. She is an incredible coach and inspirational internet person. Uh, I, I just love her content all the time and also has a podcast, which I was just on. So I am going to let Jen introduce herself. Hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me on, Mattia. I'm Jen Sway. I am a certified life coach through the Life Coach School, but I am practically a soul whisperer. That is mainly what I do. I help people come back home to themselves, figure out who it is that they truly are, especially when they're going through life transitions. You know, through life, we go through all these like mini deaths and reinvent ourselves. So it's really helping to realign who you are with what you do and create inner peace and freedom in your life. Uh, my podcast is called The Creating a Fantastical Life with Jen Sway. And yes, Mathia was just on it. Um, so that will be up soon. Yay, thank you. And what are you passionate about right now? Currently, I am really passionate about soul retrieval. I literally just got into a rabbit hole of this yesterday. And I I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't know there was like a terminology to it. But it is based in shamanic practices where in shamanic beliefs, right? And it this whole thing of depression and anxiety, um, feeling purposeless and whatnot, a lot of that in the Western world is seen as a mental illness or something that's wrong with you. But in shamanic practices that date back centuries, it was always seen as a spiritual illness. And the idea behind that is that there are parts of your soul that gets fragmented and then get lost. And that is what leads us to feeling depressed, um, uncertain, afraid, um, not know who we are, not know who, what we really want. And so they have these practices where they go into trance and do ceremonies with um, the person that they're working with to help them retrieve those fragments of their souls. And there's a lot of visualization to it. They go on these journeys, like the shaman themselves, sometimes with the person, or they go um, with like on behalf of that person into these, these worlds in the upper world, middle world, whatever. And so I've been just going into a huge rabbit hole of all things spirituality, souls, soul archetypes, like soul healing archetypes, all of the things. That's awesome. And can I ask what got you interested in that? Like, did you see something about it? Because obviously you, you came across it and were interested in it. What drew you to that? Yeah, I I trust the universe so much. It's weird. I was on YouTube um, and I forgot what I was searching up beforehand, but I landed on this on this tarot business mentor um, video where, because I do tarot readings, um, I do like soul readings. And a lot of that is just using tarot to help facilitate that conversation between you and what is it that you really want or like, what is your soul telling you? And this lady was talking about um, just how to grow your business as a tarot reader. What's the difference between a tarot reader and a tarot coach? And I was like, oh, tarot coach, I had never heard of that. And through that, I was just going into her website to understand who she was and because I, I really liked a lot of the things that she had said um, and the discernment that she had and, and her energy. So I was looking into her offers and she has this like free course that um, has a quiz that talks about your soul calling and what is your soul calling archetype. And there's four. There's the healer, the warrior, the shaman, and the mystic. And based on these questions, you can kind of see like what you fall into. And she describes like the superpowers of them um, and potential modalities for you to actually look into if you fit into one or multiple of those categories. And I came out to be a shaman mystic with a little bit of warrior. <laughs> and essentially for me, what that meant was that I am here with a lot of wisdom, with um you know, being kind of like a sage, but somebody who has gone through a lot of darkness 
um, because part of the key characteristics of a shaman is somebody who has navigated the dark nights of the soul um, and kind of the darker experiences of the human experience and the spiritual experiences and has been able to find a way out of that in order to um, transmute dark energy, quote, dark energy and light energy and vice versa to create healing in that way. And the mystic is somebody who can really manipulate those energies, uh, more so of the light energies, some of the dark, and they're creators. They're like the magician in like the tarot archetype. And then the warrior is somebody who is going to be the person who reminds someone that they're really brave, that they can do it, that they have it all within them to help them like do the work that they need to do instead of creating reliance. Um, people who feel like overwhelmed and don't know really where to go in their life, the warrior can help them find their path and give them that confidence to go on it. And the other archetype of the healer, they are somebody who's just extremely compassionate, um, is a very loving being and like really only deals with like the quote light energy. Um, they're not really adept or like equipped to go into the darkness of it all. Um, and so these are more people who are suited for like Reiki, yoga, um, crystal healing, I think some, some things like that versus going into like deep hypnosis and trance states and stuff like that. That is more of the shaman mystic. So that's how I found it. And, and I've, I've just been fascinated by it because it's, it's just another way to um, not box yourself in, but to kind of compartmentalize and organize what you do uh, why you do what you do, what your gifts are, how to work with yourself. Uh, so I'm, I'm very into that. That's awesome. And we will link to that in the show notes as well. Just because just like you went into so much detail, I want to make sure people can find that if they want to. So um, we can put that in. And I am definitely, I want to ask about the dark night of the soul part, because I, I know that so many people in healing professions anyway, just end up here because we went through our own shit and figured it out and, you know, now want to help other people, inspire other people. But there is this, a lot of shit that we went through potentially. So I just want to preface that by saying you don't have to share any, you know, details that you don't want to. Um, but this is more just about that, like that energy of like how you have kind of, yeah, come through that. I don't know, maybe in stages or in waves, like it's not, I know it's not a finished process for any of us but anything you want to say about that yeah oh i this is one of my favorite topics <laughs> because i i love when we can all share the those dark nights of the soul those dark experiences because it, it's really a collective experience that i think a lot of people who are spiritual go through because the human experience is so extremely laborious and exhausting and confusing and limiting that without us having spirituality or like being able to introspect in that way, um, I think it, it'd be very difficult to to survive. And so for me, I guess where I'll start with it is when I was younger, starting in about fifth grade, so like 10 years old, I had my first suicidal thought. And since then, for the next like 10 years or so, um, I had struggled a lot with depression, anxiety, suicidal ideation, and then starting to like kind of try coming out of that with help. So that being said, I spent a lot of my days in high school and my freshman year in college specifically, like day in, day out, thinking about not wanting to be here, you know, just hating, hating life. And then also weirdly feeling like I was meant to do something here on earth. Like I was meant for something more. I was meant to like, it sounds so cliche, but like change the world in some way. And I was like, I have no fucking clue what that is, what that means, what it would even be. And like, why is that? Like it, you hear, like if you have a purpose, then like it, it helps you have meaning for life and want to live and want to do all these things. And I was like, well, if I feel this deep connection too, I'm meant for something big here, but I also like don't want to be here at all. And I hate life. How does that make sense? And what I was finding out through looking into this specific, you know, rabbit hole of, of the shaman and the mystic and whatever 
was that the shaman, because they're somebody who has been able to go through the dark and like know how to work with those energies, they're also people who are typically outcasts. Like not even typically, they're always outcasts. They're the black sheep. They are people who are like also neurodiverse, LGBT, you know, in shamanism, in, in traditional cultures, they have two spirit, right? And that literally meant that they had kind of that masculine, feminine spirits within them, and they were thrust into shamanism. People who saw visions, um, people who were gifted with psychic abilities. And those are all also things that I had experienced as a, as a kid was I was able to see visions that I did not talk about for a very long time because I was like, this is crazy. Like, no one's going to believe me. And this would be like, they're going to lock me up in a cuckoo bin <laughs> um, or just think I'm making it up. Right. I had a very, very active imagination. I still do. But what I didn't realize was how that was connected to what I was meant to later on do with reconnecting with my psychic abilities, being able to be very intuitive and help people and guide them through their life. I guess for me, like what, what kind of started my journey out of that was in college, I had my first semester at the end of the semester, I had the worst like bout of suicide ideation ever like it was the only thing I could think about from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed and I had always been a very like high achieving perfectionist like overworker type a person um and this was like finals week and typically during finals week I'm like stressed out of my mind I'm pulling all-nighters I'm like trying to study I'm frantic about it right but this time I was weirdly calm about it but it wasn't a grounded calm. It was like, a, I don't give a fuck about anything anymore. Calm. Like, who cares? And that to me was like the signal that something was wrong. Because it showed me how disconnected I was from my emotions. And I'm a very emotional, sensitive person. And I love that about myself. It, it's one of my superpowers that helps me connect with not only myself, but other people. But I felt really disconnected from that at the time. So I decided to go talk to a psychiatrist and therapist and whatever. Um, I was telling them about how I just said like mentioned, I think suicide ideation. And they're just like, it's like a, such a red button topic, you know, like if you go to a school and you're like, I'm feeling suicidal. They're like, we're putting you in an institution because like, we don't want to deal with the liability. And that's essentially yeah. what happened. Um, and so I was hospitalized for three days and that was in itself a little traumatizing um, and I had learned a lot about the system. I had, was also studying psychology, like throughout college. So it was so interesting to see that parallel of learning about psychology, the institution, you know, thinking about becoming a therapist or a psychiatrist or something like that. And then seeing the reality of like the people who are like kind of like at their worst, right? At the darkest points of their souls and their journeys to be treated so inhumanely and like kind of brushed off and whatever, like that was extremely painful for me. And that's actually where I had decided that no matter what I did in the future, I was going to help break out of the system somehow, right? Not necessarily through politics or through being a psychiatrist, but something to help within that mental health space for people to find out like that they are not messed up. They're not like crazy. They're not whatever. And to actually find the healing that they, they need. Yeah, that was essentially like my journey for a while. And then I found, you know, later on coaching and was able to, you know, in between that time of, of getting out of that hospital and starting therapy, I went on medication for a few months. I decided like this was not going to be my life, that I didn't want to be on medication for the rest of my life, even though like there's nothing wrong with medication, like fully believe in it. It helped for sure. And therapy works too. But for me personally, I was like, there's something deeper here that's not just like a medical, like, you know, take a pill, rebalance your neurotransmitter things. Like I knew I was in a really toxic relationship. I knew that I like didn't enjoy what I was studying at the time, which was business. I like changed right after that. Um, I knew that I didn't feel connected to many people at school. I went to school at USC and I was like, man, there is such a huge gap of 
uh, privilege, wealth, and like social identities, partying, people who don't drink. Like, I just felt like I didn't fit in anywhere. And I knew that there was, there was more to my life that needed to be kind of worked through than just going to therapy, just taking medication. Like there was a whole lifestyle that I needed to change. Uh, so that's what kickstarted my journey into soul healing, into um, loving myself, learning what that even really meant for me, finding um, joy and gratitude in life, being able to have deeper connections with people, uh, finding meaning in my work, in my schooling, in my career choices, all those things. And I guess like one last thing I'll say about this is the dark night of the soul is almost like a rite of passage. <laughs> I uh, I think for a lot of, you know, understanding who you are and I've taken shrooms once, psilocybin, right? This was a few months ago. Had the most like incredible enlightening and also like ridiculous experience ever in that time where I just cried for seven to eight hours straight. Uh, I have an episode on this on my podcast, actually. But it, the crying was amazing. It was like the clarity that I came out of that was like, I am met here to feel like sadness and like to cry and to feel a lot of anger, which is like, what isn't your purpose to like be happy and be fulfilled and be free and have all these great feelings? It's like, sure, but you can only get through that if you know how to deal with all the other emotions in life. And um, one of the revelations that I had that made my past make so much sense, especially with the suicidal ideation, with the depression, with the anxiety, with the not fitting in, and also why I was doing what I was doing now with tarot, with spiritual life coaching, with, um, you know, soul-centered life building, was that being suicidal makes sense in a society where it is not built to understand the individual to get to know who you really are before all of this conditioning comes on to you of who you should be who you um you know having a goal of who you want to be already assuming that you shouldn't be who you are you shouldn't want to be who you are and it's so exhausting to go through all of that um all those all those things all the constriction that life has language is so limiting being able to communicate ourselves effectively and articulately having all of these social uh norms as well that like just maybe don't fit you you know it makes sense to not want to be here and that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be here that doesn't mean that you know you shouldn't want support or like get support if you're feeling that way but having that compassion that like you know it's not this scary thing that you can't talk about or that you know, talking about is going to make someone even more suicidal, something like that, I think is really important to recognize, like, people who feel that way are completely valid, and there's very good reasoning for that. I'm surprised more people aren't like that, but that there's also, um, so that's not, it doesn't have to be your natural state all the time. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. I really love the holistic framework that you're talking about, basically, where you were looking at every part of your life and actually questioning it. So that, you know, one of the things that at least one of those dark nights of the soul did for you was to go, hey, it actually kind of is my circumstances. It kind of is these <laughs> things around me, right? That maybe I want to change or need to change because they're adding to, you didn't say quite this, but almost like this lack of alignment with who you really wanted to be and like what you wanted to be able to say. And I know that I've seen a little bit of that journey from you in knowing you in the last, you know, year or so of just you coming out about some of these these ways that you want to work, the things you want to share with people and how like delighted and relaxed you seem about it, which I love, which is such a good sign that it is the right fit, right? And so then on the flip side, I totally agree that I mean, I've heard this said in so many different ways that it's like, if you're not depressed, you're not paying attention. <laughs> you know, not, not again, not that anyone should stay that way if, if it's like distressing, but just that, that like, yeah, being upset about the state of the world, the state of our disconnection. And like, you know, there are so many very present pains in people's lives that, that are like, they can't just ignore They can't just, you know, set it aside. It's like, it's, 
something that's very there for them all the time. And like, if you know, if you yourself, or if you know a lot of people who are in these situations where they're just like in pain all the time, yeah, I think it makes sense to feel like shit, (laughs) at least some of the time. Yeah. So anyway, I think that there's, again, there's this interesting like dichotomy there where it's like, it make it totally makes sense that you feel this way. And there's something extremely valid and like maybe useful information there to be mined that like maybe your life can change in certain ways. And just because it makes sense to feel that way doesn't mean you shouldn't get help. Like, of course, I want everyone to have the support and help they need to feel better. So it's just like very interesting. Like we validate and say like, absolutely. Yes, of course you feel this way. And also here's, you know, maybe some pathways to support. So anyway, I'm very happy you were able to get those as well, those supports when you needed them. Thanks. Yeah. And, and on, you know, on that topic, it um, brings up kind of, is there this thing of like being able to get over, like fully heal from it, right? And my perspective on that has changed um, a few times over the last, I don't know, maybe five years or so, because I stopped having like such bad suicidal ideation um within those like couple months that i was taking medication like it was incredible i was on a specific medication um called the mcdol that was designed for bipolar disorder and also had incredibly successful rates at lowering suicidal ideation and i was like what do you mean (laughs) i thought suicidal ideation was just like a thing that it's like your brain it's like your is your thoughts right It's like, surely your neurochemicals and like whatever aren't controlling your thoughts, like maybe your feelings, but your actual, like what your conversation is in your head, there's no fucking way. I was like, so skeptical. But lo and behold, within a few months, I was like, wow, like, I'm thinking about it like once a week instead of like every single freaking day. That's, that's insane. Um, And that being said, uh, after I was I made all these life changes, like got out of that relationship, I went and studied abroad, you know, was able to make some really great friendships, feel grateful, find like my purpose. And, and I started off as like a health coach, but um, a big part of that was also healing my relationship with my body and food and, you know, calorie counting, all those things. Um, and after doing that, it was like, holy shit like yeah you can totally be like I felt like I was so out of the hole and I was like I'm never going back like I'm out of the hole it is great you can like just feel so good all the time you don't have to like be suffering at all um and obviously you go through normal life stretches but I was like you don't have to go so far down and that was my belief for for quite a while until very recently and like this like last year where I was starting to notice like myself have some suicidal ideation again. And that was something that, that took me a long time to even talk about with my partner, with my like sister, with my close friends who like I have no problem talking to about anything at all. And they're the people who have helped me the most get through things in life. But to me, it was almost like this, it almost was like, okay, I've normalized that this thought might pass by because for me, it was about escapism of like, things feel really hard, feel really uncertain. I don't know where I'm going, what the result's going to be, anything like that. And it was like so painful and uncomfortable to be in that. That's like, that was a default that my brain went to. And the way that I made sense of that in my head was like for so many years, that was the pattern that my brain wanted to go, right? I was super stressed out about something in particular or whatever happening. And my brain would be like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to live, right? And where it started to actually concern me was over the last few months, um, especially like during my period, it was really like only during my period and right before that, I started to go through those bouts of um, feeling really, really low, having suicidal thoughts where it just didn't make sense to me in the sense that I have a lot to be grateful for. I am living the life that I've chosen to live. I have a business that I really enjoy. And, you know, I have all these amazing perspectives that I can tap into and 
you know, we talk a lot about thought work and doing and like believing in your self-concept, being able to swap unhelpful thoughts with helpful thoughts. And I was like, I have access to all of this. Like, I felt like I should not be feeling this way. And to me, it was just like another invitation to go deeper into myself and to see, like, maybe this is something that will need like, support later on. Currently, I don't feel that way. Like I've I'm feeling great right now. <laughs> um, but that that moment and like, you know, I talked to you about it a, a bit when it was going on. Um, it was really scary because it was like, why am I going through this like huge dark night of the soul thing again? This doesn't like it just didn't make sense to me. But I think I had to let it make sense. And part of, you know, if you're a spiritual healer or like you have a soul calling to help people and, and you find that you're a shamanic type, a big challenge and block for people like that is this fear of almost being found out that they're not fully healed or this fear that they can't really help if they're not fully healed. And I've I've done a lot to let go of that <laughs> in years, um, in the years past, but I definitely got hit by that again where I felt like holy shit, I don't even know what to do anymore. I was like, the tools aren't working. I can't just think a different thought. I can't like, I don't know, do even do nervous system safety work and make myself like feel better. I, I couldn't find anything outside of my work, outside of life, like uh, going to dance classes or playing with my cats or, you know, having a heart to heart with my partner, watching Netflix, reading a book, meditating, anything like none of that helped me access the positive feelings of gratitude or whatever else. It was like just in the darkness for, for months. Um, and I don't really have like a way to necessarily like make sense of that or have some type of like huge revelation from it. But what I will say is uh, my inkling on it is that it was the culmination of another death of myself, of like an ego death or of, some type of human, you know, resistance or fear that needed to go through this transition in order to now be a little like a lot more clear in who I am, what I'm doing and where I'm going. There are so many things I like so many ways I could go with this because there's so much in what you just said. I mean, first of all, I just like I always want to say when we're talking about suicidal ideation, like to anyone who's listening, always get help. This is always a temporary impulse. Like there's so many, and there's like a text line available now, which is great that came out like this year. Um, again, so, so you don't have to call someone you can text, um, which is great, like a national hotline. Um, and I'll put that in the show notes as well. One of the things I was thinking about as you were talking was that, okay, because I know a lot of people who help people and are in helping professions. And there's this tendency when we are going through shit to be like, what could I do with this? Actually, same with songwriters, right? It's like when a songwriter has a breakup, it's like, oh, you'll get a great album out of that. <laughs> it's like, you know, how can I, you know, or art artists in general, how can I take the big, you know, emotions, the big human experiences I'm having and like turn them into something? How can I process them and like create something on the other side? And there's nothing wrong with that. I absolutely have that impulse, you know, both as someone who helps people and as an artist. And also it's like, Sometimes I'm not just experiencing the shit I'm going through in the same way because I'm thinking about how can I digest it and turn it into something and like do something with it later. And I think about that a lot. Um, so anyway, if that resonates with you, you're, you're welcome to go in that direction. The other thing I was thinking about as well, kind of coming out of that, when we look back, at our dark nights of the soul. And I, I say I have five sky blobs in Scorpio. So I have a, <laughs> a very deathy <laughs> rebirth Wait, cycle life, like five planets in Scorpio oh. in my, in my chart. So like a lot of this, just like big dramatic, you know, death and rebirth cycles. And with that, it's very easy to look back and be like, Oh, right. And then at that time, I we, like, we create these linear stories later. We look back and we're like, oh, and then I was going through this. And so I figured out this and then I made this change and do to do, tie the bow, like boop, done. And in reality, what it is like when you're in it at the time is just like crying and crying and crying, <laughs> like yes. not 100%. being able to like, 
even remember that you microwave food. Like, you know, like there's just like my, for me, at least my ADHD symptoms just becoming like totally unmanageable and like not being able to remember something for like 60 seconds to complete a task and all of those things happening in the moment, they feel so fucking bad. And if you were to say to somebody who is in, you know, having that experience, like, oh, and people do say this actually, you know, like, oh, and the, you know, silver lining or like, you learn something or, you know, all these like trite aphorisms that are so annoying. <laughs> it's like you, I don't know. It's just funny to me. I look back and I almost do that to my own past. I kind of like tie it up and make it neat and make sense. But I actually, I loved what you were saying about like, I don't necessarily have a way to like make this make sense or I, I don't necessarily know you know, what the lesson is or like what's coming out of it is just like, oh, it could be this. Like that is so much more real to me <laughs> than trying to like <laughs> extract a lesson from it in certain ways. Yeah, no, I I think you're speaking also to so much of the way that personal development space has been brought up too. Like if you look at the evolution of it, um, I was talking to my partner about this yesterday about how so much of life coaching and personal development is like very whitewashed and based in religion where like you have to be grateful for your traumas because it made you who you are and like you know everything happens perfectly and like everything god has a plan i'm like okay okay hold on like first because i'm so repulsed by religion (laughs) i'm not gonna lie I'm, i'm just like so not not religious and never have been um I always have to translate like what people say religiously to the universe for for me to even just like objectively and like see if it resonates right so like if they say god has a plan like okay the universe always has a plan and I don't agree with that I don't think the universe has like one set plan especially because we know about like the multiverse and stuff like that um and the but the part that I kind of take home from that is like okay when we create meaning, that is what can help us uh, move forward in life. Like so much of the human brain, I think, is trained to want to know. And it's like want closure. Like think about like relationships, like people can't get over their exes that have been so shitty to them, like absolute trash, right? But they're like, so stuck on them because they didn't text them back like where you know they broke up with them over text or something or like they didn't get a response for why or like whatever it is like they need closure so bad and it stops them from moving on with their life as if like the whole relationship or all these other signs aren't enough right so we're like so trained to be stuck on that past that i think if we can like grow that capacity to not have to know to not have to make sense or have multiple theories and just kind of come at it from a very curious like I don't know, scientist perspective, it kind of makes life more fun because you can, it's almost like a, in your past, it's like a choose your own adventure of how you got here. And like based off of who you're talking to or like what phase in your life you are in now, like you can kind of just maneuver your journey that way, right? It's always how like um, history is written by the conqueror, right? It's like, how, how do you want to write your own history? And there's no right or wrong way to do it. Because I could very also easily say, like, I have no idea what I what what this like last few months have been like. But I could also say, like, you know, I was possessed by some like spiritual demon that's like coming to my orbit. I don't know. <laughs> like, maybe there is like a hex, but I don't fucking <laughs> know. That doesn't resonate with me. But who knows, right? Uh, there's so many things we don't know. And to pretend like there has to be meaning or that we do know everything is just complete bullshit and it makes you so much unhappier. Yeah. That also reminds me actually of a technique I really love, which is if you, so the, the brain is a meaning making machine. I've heard neuroscientists say that like it's, it, that's just what it does. And certainly my autistic brain is like extra meaning making. It's very pattern seeking, right? Like it wants to be able to have seen and I love that grammatical construction. Like it wants to have known <laughs> what just mm-hmm, happened mm-hmm. and be able to figure it out and like put a, again, put the bow on it in a certain way. And so I found this so, so helpful. Um, and it was like always, I can't remember if it was tripling the number of options you have, but it's kind of like, there's, there's always options. That's like the idea. So if you're, if you're looking at a choice and you're like, there's two options, it's like, okay, well, there's got to be at least a third, right? There's, there is a third option, right? Um, or, 
And I, I kind of added in like the tripling thing because I was like, okay, if I have two options, there's actually six options. Now, I don't have to sit there and come up with them if that's like annoying to me. But I took that. I just like took it farther, basically. <laughs> this is I, I haven't I don't teach anyone. This is just like what I do in my own brain is, you know, taking um, or like if I if I'm kind of, you know, trying to figure out someone else's behavior, someone did something and I'm trying to figure out maybe why they did it, even though I, I know I'm making it up and I can never know. I'm trying to figure it out. And again, I'm like, well, it's probably this or this. And then I'm like, okay, there's got to be a third or fourth or fifth or sixth reason that they might have behaved that way. And what's been really helpful for me is it actually, I mean, again, because of the way my brain works where it's like, I actually do have too much information almost to like squish it into the option sometimes. And so then a little part of me is just like, well, that can't be it. You know, and there's like this little questioning voice that actually kind of calms down when I just give it like an overwhelming number of reasons or options, even if some of them are absolutely ridiculous, like, well, you know, a demon hex or something, right? It's like, right, right. <laughs> I wouldn't so think it was that either, but it's like even just giving myself and it's like a creativity exercise as well. And being like being curious and creative is different than feeling anxious so it's also just kind of like helping the brain go in that direction of like, instead of, oh no, I have to figure it out. It's like, oh, okay. And it could be this silly thing. And it could be this silly thing. Um, so anyway, that's something that's really helped me like, and and you were just, I, I like that you were kind of going in that direction. Cause I was like, oh yeah, that's a thing I do that like <laughs> actually really helps my brain. I, I do something very similar. I mean, it's very on brand for you to go from like, you know, have multiple to go six, very on brand for you. <laughs> 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 um, I do three. I will do three because, but I started doing it from a place of like, I kept getting the feedback and coaching that like, um, like when I was getting coached of like black and white thinking, and I was like, oh, so interesting. And I was like, okay, well, there has to be like a third door, right? Third option. There's like a book on this with um, when it comes to getting a job, right? There's like the third door, or, like the back door or something, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, so if I can just train my brain to always think in threes or to like have whatever, always see like the middle ground in things, then, or like where things can be 50-50, not 100% this way or 100% that way. And like, there's balance there. It helps me calm down so much of like, everything's a spectrum. And like, I do this with um, my values too and how I make decisions where, Obviously, you're familiar because we were in the same mastermind, um, but we built this values compass where we have the northeast, southwest, and the, I always forget what they're called, but like, I call them the subcardinal directions because I do not remember what they're called. Do you know what they're called? They're like northeast, southeast, like that Yeah, those stuff. are the cardinal directions. Oh, those are the cardinal. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, so <laughs> you have all of those things on your lines and you're looking at what your value is and then what the shadow side is or what the mirror quality is that kind of brings balance to it. And for example, I have like truth and accountability as one and trust and intuition as the other. And especially in business where there's no like right or wrong way to do things so much of, uh, you know, my work and I know your work too has been like how to trust yourself and, and trust and lean into your intuition and also how to like trust in the universe, have faith in yourself and all these great things. But sometimes I can feel maybe out of touch or feel con contradictory to reality. So that's where I bring in like the truth and accountability piece where um, I'm like, okay, well, it's not that I failed completely. And like, because nobody signed up for this thing, nobody wants it. And I'm a terrible coach and I don't know how to market anymore. And it's also not like, oh, well, I just trust that anything I put out, like people are going to come flock to it. And like, everything's meant to happen this way, whatever, right? Like there is a balance there where, okay, I can make a decision to still have my own back. That's leaning into the trust and intuition piece of things. And I can also learn to evaluate from these behaviors, which comes into like, let me look at the numbers. Let me look at how many offers I made. Let me look at the open rates, blah, 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 whatever it is to look at the truth and accountability side of things to bring balance to that scale. And I do that a lot in my life when it comes to not every decision, because that'd be exhausting, but like big things. Um, and it's been very, very helpful for me. Oh, I like that. I didn't remember what your compass was so that was that was useful <laughs> so for me as well yeah mm -hmm. yeah so I would love to hear a little bit more about how you supported yourself in this 
kind of current transition that you're in, or, or maybe of the last year kind of, cause I know you mentioned obviously some like big things that have come up that have been difficult and that you've sounds like come through to a large degree and it's going along with these different offers or kind of like coming out with different things. And again, like telling people like, here's what, here's what I can do. And it's interesting because I am, I feel like I'm in a pretty similar transition where what I was offering people out loud (laughs) publicly was really like a small sliver of what I was actually doing once somebody was in my bubble. And I I've joked that it's like you, if you know what to order off the secret menu, like we can do that together. But I wasn't like saying that out loud, which is hilarious. And that's like literally the exact opposite of what you're supposed to do in marketing, right? You're supposed to be <laughs> like, I'm like, people will find out. Anyway, so that's, that's my funny little thing. But, but also that like, for me, I had so much fear around actually starting to tell people what my actual skills are. Because I was I mean, in in part because I've actually been used to hiding them in day jobs because I'm like, I don't want them to know what I can do because I don't want them to make me work harder. <laughs> that was probably part of where that came from. And then also just because, you know, some of what I can do is a little bit weird and uh, shocking. <laughs> I love that. And I know like your dad had the whole prophecy of you being a healer too. And like, <laughs> so oh annoying. <laughs> but it makes sense and I love that you're going through that because I mean same I guess like the what I have to say about that first and foremost is like full transparency there's so much fear that like always comes up and so much doubt and so much resistance like um I think that's a lot of what the last few months has been like and like honestly this year so I started off the year great (laughs) I had such I had just come out of another transition I think like that's the thing is I've just um, I've been in business now doing coaching uh, for four years now I think Um, yeah since 2019 since the beginning of 2019 and I started off as a personal trainer and health coach right but I you know it was kind of mostly still personal training up until you know this year last year this time i was like i decided i'm completing my personal training career i'm going fully into life coaching because this is where my heart and soul is and i kept getting nudges by my spirit and it was the weirdest shit because i had blocked myself off from my psychic abilities for so long because i was afraid of them i didn't know how to control them i saw a lot of things that are really scary that i like did not want to happen to fruition you know i couldn't make sense of things i also like they weren't like helpful you know, I, I wasn't having visions of like, oh, you know, this lottery number <laughs> and then you can go buy that lottery number and it helps, right? Or, you know, some terrible thing's going to happen and like you're going to help avoid, you know, someone getting killed. Like it wasn't like that. It was like some really fucking mundane, mundane things like uh, me seeing what was on TV before I saw it and like a specific scene or, you know, seeing specific scenes in my future that you know, literally uh, took 10, 10 plus years for it to come into fruition. But then I would have that like deja vu feeling, but it was the vision coming to life that just made no sense to me at the time. So that being said, I was like, kind of like, this isn't not like consciously, but I think subconsciously it was like, this is not helping me live my life. And I didn't have any practices to help connect with that. So I just turned them off. And very similar to what you're saying of, you know, you don't want to talk about it or it's kind of like in the closet or you're in the broom closet of being a witch or being a mystic or whatever healer like super sacred shaman healer that works in the seventh dimension or whatever like um i think a lot of the last few months has been like there's just something that doesn't resonate with my business anymore and i could not figure out what it was like I was calling myself a freedom and inner peace facilitator. And I was like, that sounds great. Why wouldn't that like, what? Like that, that works. That's what I do. I help people create freedom and inner peace. Like, why is that not good enough? And I was like, you know, talking, if I was talking about productivity or time or whatever, it's just like, that was almost too surface level. It's too like, I don't know why this is coming up, but it was almost like, this is white people's shit, but not like white people's shit, but this is like, (laughs) Earth people shit. And I'm like, I'm talking to the starseeds, to the soul searchers and all this stuff. And 
it's so funny coming like where I am right now because I feel like I was equipped with more spiritual lingo that resonates so deeply. Like literally yesterday when I found out soul retrieval was a term, I screamed. I was like, <laughs> like I was so excited. And my partner was like right there and he was like, are like, what's going on? Are you okay? Is that like happy? Or is that like, what, what frustration? And I was like, I, did you know soul retrieval is a word? Like that feels like, like exactly what I do before I even read into it. And obviously I'm not on the shamanistic side of things, but so much of that was like resonating. Um, and that's where I was like, there's, there's these missing pieces that not only are we looking for, but are also looking for us. And through that dark night of the soul, part of it for me was finding protection. As you were asking, I think about um, my kind of journey through that or my experience through that. Mm-hmm. At first, I was like still gaslighting myself a little bit of like, oh, like I've been through this before, like this is going to pass or whatever. Um, and it, it's temporary. It's because like I had a zero income month in September and I was like freaking out because I was like, how am I going to ever make money again like, <laughs> like i was like what like what does this mean um part of me a little part of me was like freaking out about that and then i was also just like starting to feel this kind of meaning and purpose leave my body <laughs> i was really angry i was really like sad I just had a lot of emotions um and part of that for me was okay let me do the things that i know um make me feel alive because to me when we go through bouts of like feeling purposeless or meaningless it is a sign that we are uh not following the path that's led up by our soul we're not doing the things that spark us and it makes us feel disconnected from ourselves and the world around us so i was like okay let me go dance let me go to the park let me write poetry. Let me draw. Let me like, I did, I signed up for class pass and I did an archery class. I did a sword fighting class. I did like a play fit class, which is like an exercise class with a plate like vibrates. You stand on this thing that vibrates you as you're working out. Very weird. Um, <laughs> interesting. I was looking for novelty. I did an acting class and literally I think because I have a, I have quite a few ADHD tendencies, like I would label myself as ADHD if I like, you know, never went to a practitioner, um, which I haven't yet. But that being said, uh, part of that was I thought maybe this is just a sign that I need to get like another career <laughs> outside of coaching. <laughs> and I signed up for backstage, which is like for actors. Oh my God. <laughs> to like get like casting calls and stuff and I was like you know I had a childhood dream of being an actress so maybe this is a sign for me to do some inner child healing and be an actor that's like such a on-brand thing for me I think to do <laughs> to go from one yeah. of the hardest careers you could already be in as an entrepreneur growing a life coaching business to being like I need a second stream of income or I need something else to do with my time let me go be an actor that's also extremely difficult, takes years of mastery and like is notorious for being one of the hardest industries to break into. Why does that make sense to me? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a little bit about what I did. Um, and uh, like when things they get really bad, like I was with my family for Thanksgiving, um, cried multiple days, was also on my period. And I, my, my dad was like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong? He knows I love Australia and I found a lot of purpose there. He was like, do you need to go to Australia again? Like I was just there <laughs> in June and July for a month. Um, He's like, do you need to go back? Like what's going on? And I was like, I just, life is hard. Life is exhausting. Um, He's like, are you putting too much pressure on yourself? And I was like, Probably. <laughs> uh, I talked to my sister about it. And, and I think my sister has been also like such a big rock for me throughout my life that um, just being able to talk to her and have like no judgment from her, having her just fully support, you know, whichever direction I wanted to take, because my, my inkling was like, maybe um, I had been like diagnosed with PMDD back when I was you know, in this depressive state and like went on medication and went mm-hmm. therapy, all this stuff. That was just another diagnosis that they, that the psychiatrist had recommended. And I was on birth control for um, about a time because of that. 
And I realized <laughs> two years ago when I, I got my IUD removed because it was causing other issues. And I think that's when my suicidal ideation started to slip back in. And it would just be like a day, maybe two days every few months. So that's why I was like, this is fine. This is just like my old pattern of thinking. My brain just is opting for that. That's okay. And like supporting myself through it, being able to move through that. But I think over time, like it was just getting worse. So right now I'm just in observation phase of how that is. And if it is PMDD, what are my, you know, support that I can go to? But currently it's still like, I, I just, I have a lot of trust and faith in myself, especially having have gone through this before or like a different flavor of it before that I have like done the unshaming part of the work too to be able to know that like you know actually like if I do go for like medical like help with this if this turns out to be worse or like whatever it is um that'd be a great story <laughs> to tell and like to to, <laughs> to help inspire other people you know who's going to do this like it's fine like people everyone has shit it doesn't mean that you are broken or like broken again or like can't help people or like a fraud or anything like that like it's it's actually um almost like a sign of like another growth period like another rebirthing another um chapter in your journey it's like you've finished this book now on to the next one like it's it's normal and it's it's okay and you can also get help yeah I don't know if that like answers that I feel like I went on a tangent from what your original question was <laughs> No, that's totally fine. There was, again, a lot there. Yeah. So I I do want to start wrapping up for time. I also, I, there was one question I really wanted to ask because when you're talking about, you know, the the very normal fear that we have when we're doing something new or sort of like speaking out in a new way, all this stuff, how do you personally differentiate between fear that you're just like, oh, this means I'm on the right path. I'm headed in the right direction because of course I'm going to be scared of this new thing versus a feeling or like what what does it feel like to you when you're like oh no this is actually something I don't want to do or like I want to honor this and actually not push my body through this thing Mm, what a great question oh okay so here's here's one of the things that came up for me I think personally because not maybe not because but here's how my brain started to make sense of this is that in human design, I'm a projector and I'm an energetic projector. I'm a one three as well, which is like the person who loves to like do research and go into rabbit holes <laughs> as I do, but also the person who needs to actually like do and is meant to go experiment and do things. And, and that's kind of how they end up inspiring and like helping people is not necessarily directly like telling people what to do, but also to like go out and explore and that helps spark people to go into it more themselves. So that being said, when we, when I was like, what was this, back in April, let's say, when we started Mystery Room, which was the mastermind thing that we were in, I was pulling tarot cards for myself to see kind of what was coming up for me and what was in store. And the tower came up and the tower is like crashing down, right? It's a symbol for basically everything that you've built crashing down to the ground and an opportunity for you to rebuild based off of more solid foundations, being more in integrity or like whatever this next version of you is meant to be. And alternatively, if you don't do that, if you don't want to rebuild, then you're just basically like, I don't know, sad and feel like everything's fucked up and depressed and whatever, which is very what was this last few months. And so keeping that's something that I kept in mind, like most of this year, essentially. Uh, one of the things that I was working through at the time was raising my prices. And part of it was I wanted to, part of it was like, if I was like deeply, deeply honest with myself at the time is because I wasn't still believing that your worth and like your value as a coach and like how good you are or whatever is not tied to your, tied to the money. And I felt like I needed to kind of level up in that way in order for me to get to this next level of growth for myself. Um, And the way that fear played into it was that I was afraid that I wasn't really going to be good enough. And I I had like this really, really loud inner critic 
that felt like really unaligned. Uh, but then I also had this part of me that was like, no, but this makes sense and you are worthy of this. Like the part of you that's telling you that you're not worthy of this or that you're not ready for this, that's the lie. And I brought up the human design piece because as a projector, your intuition isn't like going to be 100% or zero. That's like more of a generator, manifesting generator person thing uh, and manifester especially. <laughs> yeah. Projectors, their intuition's more like if it's like an 80% yes, then it's like likely a yes. But you're, you're very rarely going to feel that 100% and you need time to reflect on whether or not it's actually something that you truly, truly desire or if it's not. And how that kind of played out was I played around. I flip-flopped in my prices multiple times. And so like the way that this would play out if you're, if you're not a coach or don't have a business is whatever decision you're trying to make, like see if there's like ways that you can do test runs or if you can kind of flip-flop. I know like with you know, if you're like dating, maybe it's not the best like flip flop, like, yes, we're dating. No, we're dating, not dating. Well, yes, we're dating. Not, no, we're not dating. But it's like giving yourself that time to really seek out what it is that you need to know. Because uh, so often, I mean, I know, like, for myself too, default to, I don't know, right? And that's kind of like the end of it. And like, I don't even know what I don't know. So like, I can't even ask a question. But so when that happens, I, like to give yourself time, to really feel it out, to really like play around with your brain and like the thoughts that come up and your body and how it feels. And also like, what does this really mean? Maybe even talk to people about it and get other perspectives, really letting yourself have that space to decide if this is for you or not for you. Um, and what happened was I identified where it was, there was a part of me that was still tied to the self-worth and money. Um, worked through that stuff through just like I don't know how did I work through that I think of it what, one of the things for me is I saw that I was really frustrated um and the frustration came from honestly I feel like this is gonna sound bad but I don't care I saw other people's success in the mystery room where people were like, oh, I just like signed, you know, multiple five-figure clients or like whatever, made all this money at one time. And I was like, instead, it wasn't like jealousy. It wasn't like, oh man, I wish I could do that. It was frustration and anger. I was like, what the fuck? Like, it doesn't make sense why that's not happening to me because I am so fucking good at what I do. I have so many like incredible testimonials that like people can read. I'm not new at this. And I'm always up love. I've like, what? And that was the energy that helped me see part of my truth was that my truth was that it's not about the money. And because it's not about the money, you can make it whatever the fuck you want. And it's about what do you need as like an energetic exchange that makes sense to help you work the way that you do do you like, literally like work your magic to the most magical extent that you can and help that person like who wants that magic at that level right it's not about what can they afford or what are you promising or what is the transformation going to be it's like it's going to be whatever the fuck they are going to make it mean for them and it's being only available for those resource and ready people that are wanting to do that work at that level at that magical like wavelength so i guess all in all for me in the fear if it was coming like coming from the inner critic where it feels like punishing or almost like a dooming i don't know people can't see this but like i'm coming like from my hands like almost like over my head like flowing down that almost feeling like it's outside of me shouting at me or it's a very stern like masculine voice to me that is something to be explored and typically means it's not my truth it's not like fear that's helpful for me it's fear that's stopping me from actually living my truth um and typically also i will find a defender kind of come up and be like but you know whatever whatever and like it does make sense or like try to make my case against this critic and i know that that fight for me is something that I can either let go on for a longer time 
and, and discern more for myself or that if I'm noticing from the inner crit- from the inner critic is being externalized to me and that's how it feels I know that that's not my truth I know that that's not like a real quote like real fear that I need to actually be afraid of and there's actually something else um that is within me that needs to be explored because I think the the fears that stop us that aren't like real fears that that help us grow are the ones that are always concerned about the other people. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It also, I mean, the other thing I just want to highlight from what you're saying, because obviously you're also describing what, what you've discovered for yourself from an enormous amount of self-awareness that you've you know developed and that, or, or that you have naturally either way that you, a lot of what you've done is just noticed, okay, these are the, you know, bajillion different ways that I might respond or that things that might come up. And here's what I do with this one. Here's what I do in this case, right? Like you've got all these different, it sounds like you have all these different ways of kind of handling like different things that come up. And I really appreciate that level of self-mastery, I guess it is. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And just because I like to kind of, you know, form things into takeaways for people, like part of what I'm taking away from that for myself is just this like, you know, we don't have to make decisions or process things in the same way, obviously, but like you have this really beautiful acceptance of the way that you function and you know that it changes at different times, you know, even just of the month, right? Like that there are different things that your brain's <laughs> going to do at different times and that's oh, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really Thank love that. you so much for, for putting that into a neat package. <laughs> <laughs> It is what my brain wants to do. All right. So final question is if you have any advice for yourself at another age and what that age is and what the advice is. Oh, I love that. Okay. Um, Because this has actually come up so much where I literally just made sense of it. I try not to make it a long story, but I I did like hypnosis. That was one of my first forays into helping heal like the soul part of me, not from an intellectual level. And part of it was when I was going down into trance, my practitioner that I was working with invited me to bring up, um, imagine like a younger or another version of me. It doesn't matter what age and whatever age that comes up is the right age. And every single time I've ever done it, my eight-year-old self comes up and I had no idea why. For the longest time, I was like, why is it eight? Like, I don't even remember what being eight is like. I had very I I don't think that I I can't and I realized recently that eight years old is when I started golfing and I hate golf okay I was pushed into it like I was pushed into piano and violin like every other Asian girl (laughs) but uh my sister and I had both quit that and after that we had to do something with our lives extracurricularly and my sister wanted to golf because my dad did and me being the younger child was kind of pushed into it because it was easier to have both of us go into it unfortunately for me I was very good at it I was very very talented at it and that made it so that I was kind of stuck with it and so I was going to practice every single day for you know every single summer fall spring going to lessons in the winter going indoors I competed throughout my entire summer like for 10 years and it was a struggle um, for all that entire time because I also was very high achieving in that that it kind of developed this feeling that like I can't live my life the way that I want to and I don't have control over it that if I say no that that doesn't really mean anything if someone else has another agenda for me that if I'm good at something and or other people see that I'm good at something or other people telling me that I need to do something because I'm good at it that means that I should do it but I can't explore what I really want to do or that if I explore what I really want to do, I'm not going to be as good or I'm not going to succeed. And what I would tell that younger version of me at eight is that you, I think what it would be is that your time is coming and you don't know it yet. And that's okay. Part of the, the struggle for me right now is like, I'm almost thinking of it as if like, if it could be real. Like if I told myself this advice and like they followed it and I like didn't have to golf for like 10 more years of my life, that that probably wouldn't have made me who I am. But I think for me, it's like to hold my truth and know what my truth is and not be so caught up in what other people are saying. 
because I think even if I was doing these things that I didn't like doing, but um, I could understand still that I was not that and I could go beyond it, expand beyond it, um, be free from it, then it would have allowed me to, I think, have some more inner peace as I was going through it. Beautiful. Thank you. 10 years is a long time to do something you hate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a long time. Oh, yeah. Still, yeah. still, I feel like healing from it. <laughs> yeah. And how can people find you online? People, yeah, people can find me um, on my website at jensui.com. That's J-E-N-C-U-I.com. And on Instagram, I'm at Jensui Coaching, as well as on TikTok, so J-E-N-C-U-I Coaching. Uh, I make content quite often, and it spans so much, but it all answers the question of, like, how do you be more yourself? How do you come back home to your soul? And, yeah, that's that's where you can find me. Awesome. And we'll put all those links in the show notes. And thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure. Yay. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you know someone who would be helped by this podcast, please share it with them. And I'd love to hear your thoughts and suggestions at Mattia at MattiaMarie.com. That's M-A-T-T-I-A at M-A-T-T-I-A-M-A-U-R-E-E dot com. Thank you.